0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 40 of an Inside View podcast with On the Ball Team Building. If this is your first time listening to Inside View Podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you could go back to episode one and have a listen. Please do a rate review, tell your friends and family whoever may know about the podcast. It means a huge amount to us. It's amazing. Um it's actually quite surreal to you know to realize that we're on episode 40. Only seemed like yesterday when we, we got this going. Um we did that first interview with Catherine Dane, the Irish rugby star. Um, she really, you know, took a chance um with us and, you know, to come on and have a chat with us and we we're extremely grateful. And it just went from there. Um, extremely grateful for all the the um guests we've had up until you know, up until this point and even going forward we are forever grateful for, you know, to people, you know, who take their time out, their and their time is, is valuable um they have, they have other other things going on but you know from taking time and come on inside your podcast i um, mean a huge amount to me and looking forward to catch up with all of them over the next couple of months and years when um when COVID will be a distant memory please god any interaction that you may have about the podcast uh please do tag the guest and also tag on the ball team building on social media and with big shout out to our sponsors GRG sports who are a sports team or supplier based in Mayo. Um, if you're looking to your local club or uh, colleagues in work, be sure to get in contact with the guys there to be more than happy to assist you in any way possible. And a big shout out to Vintry Harbour Asset Management who are, as the name says, an asset management company based in Connecticut in the United States of America. Uh, we're extremely grateful and appreciate the support they have given us since they, they've come on board um they've been a massive help and uh we'd like to just take this opportunity as well to you know to recommend uh, to people if they have any you know surplus money in accounts at the moment be sure to get in contact with Harbour asset management to be more than happy to you know give you advice on, on how to manage it and invest your money with the with the hope of getting a good return. Um, their service and their expertise is, is second to none. It's absolutely amazing. And if you're interested in doing that, be sure to get in contact with Andrew O'Shea, who's the founder and owner of uh, Vintry Harbor Asset Management. Um, you can either drop me an email or if you want, you can drop me um, You can get in contact with us on social media. And we'd be more than happy to, to do an introduction there for you. It is no time to round this week's guest and I'm delighted to be joined by professional rugby player with Doncaster Knights, Conor Joyce. Conor, a former prodigy of Ulster rugby and Irish underage sides, set up Noggin Sports in 2017 with his brother Kieran. The Joyce brothers combined their passion passionate sport and mental health to launch a unique headwear range that has since expanded into a clothing line. The objective of increasing mental health awareness for sporting people is at the forefront of what Noggin Sport do on a daily basis. Hi Connor, welcome to the Interview Podcast. How are you keeping during these challenging times? Yeah, good. Thanks. It's um,
1: it's been a long, it's been a long couple of lockdowns, really, hasn't it? Um, but we're getting, we're getting through it day by day, week by week.
0: Good, good. And what's it? Is it? I'm late to believe it's very kind of similar to. What it is in in Ireland, but you know you're in lockdown again in in the UK, or are you coming out of it, or what? Where about her? You know.
1: Yeah, we we're in lockdown. Um, I think to the fifteenth of Feb. I think it's supposed to be, but I think it's gonna. Unfortunately, I think it's gonna kick on a bit longer than expected. but so there could be uproar here. But um, yeah.
0: Oh, well, I know what you mean. It's it's same um, here. It's quite testing now as well. You know, it's, I think the previous, just this current lockdown has been you know probably the most challenging um i say it's because of the long you know the long evenings and lack of uh lack of you know bright lights and all that so it's good look hopefully t- things will improve with the vaccines um I, look, I suppose we you know bring us back to last march you know when the uk and ireland went into lockdown um what was it like for you do you know those couple of days how do you kind of adapt
1: um, well I was actually you know what happened like really really quickly for me we were actually playing I was playing with Jersey Reds in the championship at the time I think we were supposed to play Nottingham um, in a game and it, and it all like Jersey's rules were a bit different to the UK so they weren't too sure if they were locked down in Ireland or not but it all happened in like the space of a week we'd obviously had a few New Zealand Ki- uh, Kiwis African guys and it happened like that Saturday they said the game's cancelled so these co- this COVID thing everyone's kind of like this COVID thing we're fine obviously the way it's kicked on it's been crazy but then that week all the lads of the foreign boys just went We got a flight home like literally the next day just to get back to their homes Um, and then we, I kind of stayed around for a bit during lockdown in Jersey and uh, fortunately it was actually I don't know if you've ever been to Jersey but it's a beautiful island place lots of lovely probably similar to Kerry but just a little bit warmer <laughs> and uh, yeah the um. Yeah, the, it was in the summer as well, so it was like real nice. Like I could, it was a bit more relaxed. You go, you didn't have to wear a mask anywhere, and they locked in the island down completely, so no one get in and out. So it actually was, wasn't too bad. I was ringing my family and kind of saying how's it over there, and they were telling me like it was the whole thing about the toilet rolls. Like, <laughs> no one get ever was like fighting over the toilet rolls, and that I was like, that's not a big deal. He didn't even have to like queue to go into the supermarkets over there. So I was very lucky. um, but yeah, it's all a completely different story. I think in UK and Ireland, I think at the time. But yeah,
0: yeah. No, you're lucky because, uh yeah, it's it's. it's I've I've seen photos. Right? um Jersey. It seems to be very picturesque, kind of very beautiful, and it's great that the you know the weather. I'm just pitching you there now with a with a peanut and a hat like, and everyone else just queuing queue up the toilet roll. <laughs>
1: You say that, mate. But I remember my first season there, I was like, it was pre-season It was like it was so. It was about thirty degrees, and you can imagine in my skin, I was like so. Big. I, needed, I needed a heat stroke because it was so hot. And everyone was everyone was like, "Oh my god, that guy's so unfit in pre-season training." I, was like, <laughs> saying, I promise you, it's the heat. I'm not that bad. I promise you.
0: <laughs> yeah. And how did you find it, Justin? You're like you, uh, we're obviously getting into it more now. But you, you came from uh, Ulster to to Jersey big adjustment to the climate what was how did you find you know training and all
1: that yeah, it's more the. it's quite warm obviously Belfast um, is very it's quite very cold actually in, in the winter I read a few uh, a few of the <clears throat> the foreigners that come over were like literally like they've damaged their face shown because they were, they were so cold during the winter but yeah Jersey's like it's, it's, it's really windy it's battered from the sea a fair bit but during the summer, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed my time there. To be honest, it was, it was it was good. I was there for three years, so I enjoyed it.
0: And was the commute like? I know it's 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 kind of closer to France than the UK. Was it? Hard to get back north to the yeah. to UK when you had to. Uh
1: yeah, that that was the one thing I kind of wanted to um move to. Be honest, yeah. I, I, you, because obviously you rugby play on the weekends and you'd normally come back on the on the Saturday night maybe and then you just, you know there's no point going over to do something for one day and then training on Monday so I found that quite difficult it's been away from my family trying to run a business as well like you know um, away from where you, where it's based it was difficult um, but yeah I'm quite I'm quite Close to my family, so um, especially as you get old, like, I wouldn't see them for months and months. Because sometimes go to my games, but even then, you know, you only see seen them for like you know twenty minutes for a little catch up. But uh, that's, that's one thing I kind of missed. But yeah, it is closer to France. A couple of times we went over to um, Paris actually, which is nice. Like you get you get the you get the ferry across and then the train down, which is pretty handy. It's not it's way like cheaper, obviously, but yeah, I enjoyed that.
0: That's, that's savage. It's everything so close to you. I suppose over there. You know, you're you're very close to Europe. Um, I we are bringing back to the lockdowns. You know, what 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 has been the biggest adjustment for you? In all compared to the first lockdown and, and the current one we're in. Um,
1: I think with there so much, but for me there was so much speculation, that there still kind of is if is the season going ahead for my my rugby career. Obviously, I then moved to Doncaster Knights. Uh, had a bit of time at home actually, which was nice, um, being with my family uh, during that interim period where it was like kind of lockdown, kind of not. Um, but then, when it, obviously the national lockdown now, we, we've been very lucky to be training, which I'm really grateful for. Um, to keep going, really. And the club's been really, really good. In fairness, for, to, to to keep us the COVID restrictions and obviously the COVID testing we've been getting is. You know, it's unbelievable to get that opportunity to be able to go to training each day. And it's basically pretty much normal, apart from when you finish finish um, in the club. Uh, so if the season goes ahead, I'm like, I'm looking forward to it. To be honest, it's been, a, it's been a challenging experience moving away and, and, and having a fresh start. But as I said, I'm um, looking forward to it.
0: Good, good, good. And, have, you know, I suppose from the business perspective, what has been the biggest stumbling blocks, you know, since COVID hit? Or has there been any really, has it been, has it been the opposite effect for the, for the business?
1: Uh, yeah, I think obviously it's one of those, it's one of those things, it's not a necessity <laughs> where people are buying uh, like clothing and, and uh oh, clothing's not too bad, but more like hats and stuff like that, we, we do. It's not a necessity, so obviously things have been, uh, we've had to adapt pretty quickly. We obviously started, we started um, creating masks, which were very, went down quite well actually um, with, um, with the start of, the start of lockdown. But when I was at home, when I came back for that period just before the pre-season started, it was nice to actually for the first time in like since we started nogging that me and Kieran were in the same place for like a long period of time. So we were actually in, in our office, like working together and bouncing ideas off each other, which is it was I actually really enjoyed it. Every day we'd go in down and like you know I missed I like that idea of like brainstorming things and like just working through things. It's like it's completely different over Facetime or Zoom. Like you can't quite get that um, that buzz off it. I think, yeah. So we, we brought our new um, clothing collection, clothing collection, which is probably the first time we actually spent a bit of time like properly planning it. Do you know what I mean? Because we, we as I said, we haven't had time to to really do the things we want we wanted to. Um, so that that went down really well, which is which is really positive. Um, so hopefully we can do more of that kind of stuff when, when we get a chance.
0: And like, was that was that hard to? Say it kind of like were you always going to go into clothing, or did um the COVID force you to you know to bring that forward and go into it quicker um I think
1: it's something we always wanted to do it's just uh, <laughs> without being rude me and, me and my brother aren't uh the most fashionable blokes in the world, so <laughs> to, to try to put yourself out there and say, okay we're gonna put spend this money on this on this uh like this clothing collection, you don't even know if it's going to sell or even though it's good um You know, that's it's hard. Like it's very tricky. We wanted to kind of have like a mental health message behind each of our each of the collection, the collection. Sorry, so it's a work in progress. To be honest, yeah. I think we need, ideally, we're looking. We need a bit of a maybe someone with a bit of uh, fashion advice or fashion tips. I think I think Kieran spoke to a few girls about it and said like, "What do you think of this? What do you think of that?" So that kind of helped a little bit. But again, like. It's just, it's quite, it's tough, but it's tough but kind of business. I've found personally, it's quite, it's a tough, um, bit like model to have. Like you have to spend money on, a, on this product and you don't know if it's going to sell you. And luckily, you know, we've created a really good following, I think, and people want to get behind and support us, which is really positive. So I, I do think the designs really do matter, but it's, it's also me they want to support who we are and the story and what we're promoting, which is great.
0: Yeah, because that's something that's quite. Maybe it's just because I was thinking about it over the last couple of months, and I might have been googling things and the analytics in the background were was playing tricks on me. But I saw a lot of um a lot of people after kind of setting up their own um mental health clothing range or clothing range with a mental health trend. Um, albeit you know not the same, you know you probably, they might have the same following as as yourselves now, but. Like it must be very, very difficult, like you said, there must be a very difficult you know industry to be in the clothing industry because fashion is you know is very big now at the moment, especially when people at home and again, I suppose to think the main thing is they're buying ye and they're buying the message and they're buying bra- they're buying the brand um how do you go about say promoting it when you did decide on the you know the material and and where to get it manufactured? how do you go about? You know what's the next step? How do, I, how do we get it out there?
1: Um, we we kind of for that, for that uh, collection we kind of put an idea. We kind of put like a <clears throat> an idea of what the actual collection is going to represent, uh, and that was to it was a unity collection. So it's about bringing people together uh, and um, support mental health. So each of the designs were based around um, subtle mental health messages. So we, everyone's like, I'm quite a big fan of like back prints on t-shirts. I quite like that as as a i wear a lot of that stuff myself so i wanted like something very subtle that represents um a mental health because i don't personally i I think if you talk about mental health and you're talking about mental and brain and it's not you know you don't want to have that on a t-shirt but subtle things that represent something and can maybe empower you to be you know have a you feel good wearing where we want people to feel good when they wear our stuff and it's a work as i said it's a work in progress but Moving forward, I think it's definitely something we want, to, we want to replicate more and more. But as you said, like it's a really tough industry. Personally, I think it's a really tough industry to, to really do well. And you look at, you look at some of the um, brands that you're competing against. It, it's really, really di- difficult to get um, eyes on your, on your product, but also to get people to buy your stuff as well. Obviously, there's more, there's more availability because you can, they can buy stuff online instantly. But it stills a lot. It's a very saturated market at the moment.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, definitely very, very saturated actually. And it's you know, I suppose it's, it's trying to get, trying to get certain people to you know to promote your product. But at the same time, you can't be spending all the money getting people to promote it when the money isn't coming in. you you want people yeah. to make that purchase, like. Um. Yeah. But when when did you start this? Was it during lockdown?
1: We started we started nogging um it would have been three three years ago now, around that. We took it probably take it a lot more seriously. Um we're going through we both studied at Queen's University of Belfast. So I don't know if you know um, yep. but yeah, and we were both suddenly, I was actually doing part-time uh business alongside my rugby. At that stage, it wasn't a massive thing to kind of mix the two. Um because I was training with the senior team, they were training obviously like during the day, so I couldn't really go to classes and stuff. But I did nighttime study, Kieran did normal university. Um, and it was we actually graduated on the same day, but during that period we were at uni, we did like a lot of you know, entrepreneurship uh, classes and things like that uh, yeah. together, like extracurricular stuff. And one of the things was like a Dragon's Den um, scheme. And we were coming up with an idea, me and Kieran. And initially, mate, it was actually, we were, we were trying to link... Uh, concussion and mental health and also um, concussion mental health and like that type of thing with sport and kind of putting all three together and we're kind of, this isn't quite where it's not really linking you can't really link all three Um, and it was, I think Kieran was through a lot of tough time he didn't really speak about it at the time but he wanted, he was really passionate about mental health and uh, I think it's talk about him, if you want me to talk about him, like his experiences, I think he, he found it really difficult to open up when he was at university, you know, you, you live in that lifestyle of, of being so, so um, you meet new people all the time. You, you don't really know who you, who you are exactly. And you're supposed to be this really fun guy, but also in the, behind that facade almost there was he, was, he was struggling with something probably a bit more, quite serious. Um, and it probably only took, it was it was actually at Christmas time that I remember it was so vividly like we had a bit of an argument, me and him, as, we, as brothers do, as you can imagine. And I uh, think he, he, he like went, like stormed off or something like that and was just like, he locked himself in his room for like an hour or two. And I was like, something's not, something's not quite right here this, after like a trivial argument like that. And then that was the kind of uh, trigger, I suppose, for him to kind of open up. And it fir- was the first time at Christmas that he, you know, he spoke to me about, this thing he's been dealing with and how low he's felt and, you know, he's really struggling to talk about it and he doesn't know what, where to turn to. So, uh, you know, we kind of suggested it. And at that time, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't a massive, it was, people were talking about mental health. It's not, it doesn't the same extent that it is now, which is obviously a credit to everyone who's talking about it, but he was really reluctant to go and see, um, the help, the university have great uh, resource, resources there to, if you need anything like that, which is great. But he was really reluctant to do that and we, I kind of pushed him a little bit. Um, and he he kind of went to see a few people from there and that kind of was the catalyst really to help him get better. And I think, I, mean, I don't want to speak about him, but I think he definitely would say it's, it's a work in progress all the time. Like if you suffer with mental health, it's always going to be um, something you have to work on individually it's always going to be a little bit there and you just have the tools at your disposal to be able to deal with it. Well,
0: I, it, it kind of irritates me when people say that, you know, they, their mental health is perfect all the time because, you know, yourself, you have physical health and you have your mental health, you know, and as you work on your physical health, going for runs or training in the gym, you know, you must keep checking your your mental health as well. And the big thing is like, you know, you've, you've obviously seen in, in you know, in rugby circles or, a lot among your own mates, um, guys especially, they're afraid to kind of speak about it. I don't know is that, that, I don't know what it is, but kind of just yeah. afraid to, to say to you know to say look, I'm not feeling great at the moment, you know, or yeah. or something's wrong. But definitely what what you're doing is is definitely you know is definitely promoting it and making it alright to talk about mental health. But uh, no, it's it's it's. i suppose what what, my next kind of question is did you have you ever experienced any was i wouldn't say issues with mental health but had you any bad times or low times in your life looking back now and you didn't really know what it was until you started looking into it more as a result of you know of of opening up with kieran
1: i think definitely um as a, as a younger guy, you, as you said there, like, you don't really realise what you're feeling at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but when you have time to reflect on it, you, you realise, okay, this, this, um, mm. these thoughts I'm having aren't, aren't quite, aren't quite uh, not, I suppose, normal, not rational. You know, I shouldn't be thinking like this. I think a, probably myself, it's more anxiety for me. It's more like I get quite, I'm quite an anxious person. I overthink things quite a lot. And that's, that's, I personally, I like know myself and, and the work I do myself. I think it's important to, as I said, have tools at your disposal that help ease that anxiety. Because sometimes it's not, it's always going to be there at some, to some level, to, to some extent. But you have to be able to, you know, it's just like if you have an injury, a physical injury, you have to work on it, you have to rehab it. And it's a very similar. I'm probably using a sports analogy because I'm a sportsman. but I'm, You're right though, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's something very similar. You have to you have to always just keep keep on top of things and make sure it's always um been taken care of, I suppose.
0: And I suppose just something you you touched on there, anxiety. Like I I to be honest, looking back now, I do kind of suffer for that from that at times, but I wasn't too aware of it until you know you start talking to people about it and you realise those feelings are are anxiety, or whatever. But um again it's about having those tools to, to work with it. But a lot of people don't, and they're refusing. I wouldn't say they're refusing, but they don't want to have that label. It's not a label, but, you know, the way some people can be, I don't want to be associated that I have mental health problems, and that's not right because, it's, you know, it's just the same having an injury, like, you know, a leg injury, it's, you just need to manage it and have the right tools at your disposal. Um, I don't know where I'm actually going now with this, but I'm <laughs> just kind of adding on to, to what you said.
1: I completely agree I think, it's as you said before, like, especially in male sports. And I know know exactly what it's like in Gaelic football and stuff like that. It's it's very very much of a bravado with it. The toughest guy on the pitch and all this stuff. And I mean, how do you get away from that? That's the the big question. And I think that's why me and Kieran definitely wanted to, uh, uh, that's why as we're professional athletes, you could almost say that hinders, some people would say it hinders your progress, but that's why we're so passionate about it because we're both playing professional sports at the moment. Um, and I think it's, it's more powerful if you have two guys that are actually playing, they're actually in you know, they're actually playing rugby for a living and they're promoting this as much as they possibly can. Um, and that's why there was a time when me and him were like, Okay, do you really want to do this? Like, talk open up about all this stuff that's going on because you know, will it hinder your career? You don't know, you don't know that, but we won't be said. Um, screw that like this is something we're passionate about and it, it should as you said it should be spoken about it shouldn't be bottled up it shouldn't be a stigma attached
0: to it yeah i suppose it's a big thing in obviously jade is as well because that's more it's very professional but I'm, I'm not we're not going to get into that because it's it's kind of extremely professional but then anyway, i in in professional sport or high athlete, you know more or less professional sport or you know um but yeah, in professional sports like rugby or, or football, whatever the case may be, um, there's obviously a lot of pressure on the individual to perform, to be on the pitch, either it's for sponsorship, um, just for get the contract renewed, and then as a result, they might tend to shy away from concussion, although that's another big animal that's, you know, been talked about a huge amount now. Um do you think a lot of players do suffer from Anxiety and mental health issues because of that pressure nowadays, as opposed to years ago. Before, as professional, they didn't care; they just played for the crack, you know, and went to the pub afterwards. No, they have to be on the pitch to get the sponsorship, to get the next deal.
1: I I think definitely. Well, I can't speak for you know the guys are playing the top top level, playing for Ireland and stuff, but I I can imagine it's it's definitely the pressure increases the higher you go up. I personally felt myself when I was playing with All-Star, I didn't play that that in loads and loads of games for All-Star, nowhere near, you know, um, international level, but I can imagine the further you go up, I always found that it, there was more pressure and I think there's more money involved as well and like more mm-hmm. expectation from you is, is probably the big thing. Um, but as I said, it, that expectation isn't going to go away unfortunately. they People are gonna, they're paying you a certain amount of money they expect you to and you are almost like a foot soldier in and that's just that is that is rugby that professional sport unfortunately but you have to be able to, the onus is on you to then deal with the expectations on on you um, and because unfortunately the expectation isn't going to change so you have to change how you adapt to it how you adapt to it i think and,
0: and uh, you know that probably leads on to you know having talk talking to people if you're ha- if you are having issues with you know anxiety wherever the case may be because at the end of the day if it's not going to affect you, you know it's going to affect you down the line you know you're going to be it's going to affect you know worry and anxiety and all that does take over eventually um but yeah no i suppose the big thing is and again i suppose that leads in, into your brand that if guys are wearing that or girls are wearing your your gear um it's, it could be that little check that oh yeah look everything's all right it's okay to chat to someone else
1: yeah i mean the one thing I think we were, we wanted to create was a brand where people, when they when they see it or they wear it, they're like, oh, you know, this is a safe environment for me, and that's almost why I want those the beanies that we do, where we have teams that buy beanies for their club, and they support mental health. I think it's a really really powerful message that the club is really supporting mental health, and it's almost like a safe environment for people to, to open up, and if they are struggling with something, it, it's it's not that. Uh, really strict, tough, like you should be on the field if you're not feeling great, you know what I mean it, it's a safe environment there all the whole club's going to support, um, and that's what we've found like we've been, as I said, as I said you before, we start the interview, like something we, I'd love to do more of, of of like interviewing clubs and individuals within the clubs and do more uh, video content around that because you know that, that, that I think that's so powerful to have a group of individuals get behind one person who's in that club who's really suffering from something.
0: No. Yeah, no, it definitely, definitely is. Um, and just something you 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 touched on there when you started giving insight into into not how you how you start in logging sport. Um, you were hoping maybe to connect concussion with mental health and sport. Where did concussion come into the equation? Did had you previous experience in it? Um, obviously
1: I've played I've played rugby now for uh pretty about you know, coming up to nine, eight years, something like that. So I've had a fair few knocks around the head, um, which is, I think if any rugby player would say they're not a little bit worried about that, then, you know, I don't know. But it's part of the game, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Like the hits, people are getting faster, people are getting stronger getting heavier. Um, it's part of the game and you have to you have to be able to do it safely. I think that's why there's so many, I mean, you look at rugby now, it's a completely different sport to the way it was even five years ago. Mm-hmm. Because of all these, because of all these regulations, more medical, there's more medical attention around it, which is fantastic. And all the HIIA assessments is uh, is great to be able to have that. Um, But yeah, yeah. The reason I didn't want to, we didn't go with that because we didn't. I didn't at the time think there was a. I know there's so much stuff around concussion now, mental health. But we really didn't want to link the two together because we're not scientists or anything like that. But we wanted to promote mental health we're both passionate about it have you been
0: affected by brexit or have you seen the effects over here
1: um it's definitely been the last well this month has been um challenging to say the least i think there's been a lot more charges that we've had to incur from from brexit um especially sending our stuff to ireland unfortunately um and it's, that's just something we're going to c- continually monitor um and yeah it is what it is it's always coming i think and we had to uh, we have to get on with it and try and find a way around it. But as I said, there it has it's been a little bit challenging this month, just getting used to it and and making. It, there's been a, yeah, I don't know. I think there's been a bit of massive backlog of stuff from the from the delivery um, services anyway, which has caused problems. But yeah, we sort of keep on top of it and keep moving forward with it. I think. Um, yeah.
0: Do you do you think that do you think that will kind of level out as the next couple of months go by? Hopefully, I hope. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. It's just been, uh,
1: yeah, I hope so. It's just going to be one of those things, isn't it? Where and when something happens straight away, it's always going to be a few teething issues. So once we once we straighten those things out, um, fingers crossed, it, it goes back to the goes back to normal to a certain extent, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot, there's so much going on in the world at the moment. It's it's very hard. You have to adapt constantly, and that's that's one thing I think this year especially we've had to really adapt very quickly because you have to, I mean, you look at how many people are going out of business? And we're, we're actually very lucky just to keep, to keep going with things because I think we've adapted quite well. And it's, that's credit to like how small of an organization we are, which is, you know, you're quite flexible, they're able to do things quite quickly, do you know what I mean? Be many people working for years,
0: it's just the two of you.
1: Um, just me, it's me and Kieran, but we, we're working with a few um, digital marketing manager we have. Um, we're working with, a, uh, a manufacturing team as well. Um, and also we're, we're working, at, that's, that's another thing as well, we're moving a lot of our stuff to, um, a, a different courier service. So, uh, log- logistically, we're trying to change that process at the moment, as well as Brexit has caused a few issues. Um, but I think once we've got, once we've got that sorted out, I think it will be a lot smoother. A lot of things like behind the scenes that when you, when you're running a business that you, you, you don't actually want to do it. Like you don't want to do. Definitely do not want to do your account. You know you want to be. You want to be doing. You want to be doing your social media and that whole marketing side of things. That's fun. But like the account side of things, the delivery side of things, like the, you know, behind the scenes um, administration stuff like that. So it is boring. But you have to do it. Like, or you have to just get it done. Um, and that's one thing. Like <laughs> what do you mean, give and argue about the most is just all that stuff. Who's doing that? And like, but yeah challenging
0: it's well it's it's great to see you've, you've good chemistry because i i saw the video you did there for the noggin sports signature custom headwear and yeah. he <laughs> yeah. K- kept missing each other a few times yeah, no. fist pumping.
1: that says all it really <laughs> <laughs> if you're not off the lockdown there wasn't much chemistry there let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. w- were
0: you living together during lockdown
1: yeah, I, I moved back home with family actually because it was the first time in um, since, since I moved away when I was seventeen to so go to Belfast, <clears throat> and then uh, that was the first time since since I was seventeen I was back in like, the family home for, for like, a long period of time. Um, and it was to be honest, I actually really enjoyed it. I enjoyed like working on the business with Kieran, uh, just being around my family. You know, you you miss that. Like, I know when you when you're there. After a week of it, I was like getting out of it. <laughs> but I, I actually really looking back at now I, I actually enjoyed it because um, I, now I live on my own in uh, Doncaster and it was, when I first moved moved up here it was like so eerily quiet I was like I didn't have like people screaming at each other <laughs> and like the dog probably barking all the time so um, yeah it was it, it was nice looking back and I think I'll I'll really uh, you know cherish those memories I think
0: that's good it definitely gave, gave us an opportunity to you know to I suppose ground ourselves more and be more appreciative to what, what we have. Um Nothing, yeah. so look, you, you captained um Ireland on twenty level uh against Fiji, but how did you get to that, you know, that stage? You were born in England. Um, I believe you came through the exile system. Can you give us a kind of an oversight exactly as you know what that is? Um
1: so the the, the Irish exile system um is basically an uh um a kind of a channel pathway, basically, for players with Irish uh, background who are living in England or Wales, and I think Scotland as well, mm-hmm. um, to give them to uh, a chance to play um, Irish age grade level uh, for I think 18s, definitely 19s, I, th- I think 20s as well um, to play underage level. So I was, I think, was, I don't even know how I got. Someone may brought up to me that you know they're doing these Irish exile trials, and you basically play in this trial match um in England down to Wickenham. and then you then get picked to go on a tour and play the provinces in like a provincial tournament uh, under 18 level. So I did that at under 18s um my first year I was like, I was 17 at the time so I didn't actually I actually didn't make the Ireland under 18 uh, club's team. Um but the second year when I was I then uh got picked for the Ireland under 18 team then I played in like played in England and France I think. Um, and then from there, I think uh, Gary Longwell, who was the Ulster Academy manager at the time, uh, was must have been watching one of my games or something, and was like, "Oh, uh, would you be interested in coming over and coming to our the Ulster Academy?" So jumped at the chance of that. Um, also, kind of line my studies as well with with Queens as well, which is good. Um, and then went through the academy system there basically, and. Uh, my first season, obviously, I played play my first game, my um, debut debutant against Leinster in Boxing Day game. Um, so I think, I think it, was, it was an absolute massacre. I think it was actually it was actually called the massacre of the lambs or something like that. We got beat by Leinster. It was a great experience, obviously, but um, it was a real tough uh, first game to play. Uh, but yeah, I, I love my I love my time. Also, it was a great experience. I met some great people and learned so much as
0: well as a player. And I suppose just to, to give people the background, how you Know how you were able to go through that system is because your your family's originally from Galway in the, the west of Ireland. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So, um, my family's from all over Ireland, really, but my granddad's from Galway, so um, from Connemara. Um, but yeah, so that's um, I forgot to mention, so I played it then from there to, to Ireland and the 19s, I was captain of the Iron 19s and then and then went, obviously went to the junior world cup um, in the under 20s played at six nations and the junior world cup in the summer which is looking back at it i think it was, it was such an amazing experience and i think any young irish players out there that get a chance to do that um, it's incredible um, i loved every minute of it um, especially the, the junior world cup like previous years i think they went to South africa and new zealand but I'm not saying it was bad, but we were into France. It was a bit of a difference. Um, but still, it was a great experience. And in, our, in our group, we played with, against like Australia, uh, New Zealand, and Fiji, which is amazing. And there's some really, really good players that we played against, but also in the Ireland team at the time. I was playing with uh, Luke McGrath, Dan Levy, uh, Roy Skull, Stuart Olding, uh, Tom Daly, Tom Farrell. Like the guys are all playing now um, in the Pro 14. Alton the land, Who you with Alton, really, Alton Yeah, Yeah I was playing with Alton um, Really it's, good guy Alton has gone really well with him but yeah it's great to see those those guys flourishing now and, and getting their getting their chances which is great
0: Yeah, I was actually is, uh, I, this is my claim to fame with Alton um, I was at school with Alton in, in secondary yeah. school and uh, I went to one training session and uh, I was taught you know you're taught how to tackle like cause I, was, I never played rugby before and I was put up against Alton like and he absolutely oh, yeah. leveled me. I was yeah. I was in pain for a couple of days after, like, and I actually had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and I brought yeah. it up to him, and the poor fellow was mortified. He couldn't remember it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh just uh, it's something I came across as well. Uh you hold the record for being the youngest uh, debutant, is it the youngest player ever to represent an Irish province province in the league? at 18 years and 174 days is that still the case or has that been
1: I don't, I don't actually know it seems like the players are younger, younger and younger now <laughs> yeah. but it was a, a long-standing record I think for a long time but yeah was, I was really grateful for the opportunity actually um the Brian McLaughlin game is really at that time when I was coming through the Ulster system is a really uh, unbelievable group of players that Ulster had at the time like I was Working with Steven Ferris, so he was he was just coming back from injury, and, and kind of to have a guy like that to aspire to, to be like it was really um you know it's great it's a great learning experience and to to have there's some really amazing players like you know train Ruben Pinar for every every day was amazing and Johan Muller guys like that like Nick Williams like you you know you can't ask for more than that and you learn a lot from these guys they're so helpful and I think some of those things some of those little tips and stuff they've given me have really helped me throughout my career.
0: Um did you do did, did you uh do you know when you started Noggle Sport, that was kind of coming towards the end of your college days, was it? Was that like yeah. in, in fourth year or third year? Yeah. Um yeah. do you wanna kinda of give us an insight into those first couple of months? I know you touched on how you know how it came but with it, but those first couple of months was there you know, when I started my business, like I was absolutely buzzing, like I'm gonna do this, 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 and in three months I'm gonna be here, but then the world, you know, the realization is not all. It's not all that easy, you know. it Happens. Um. First of all, we. Uh, how do you come up with the name Noggin and, and just kind of lead on from there? Um, I,
1: I remember it really well. Um, actually, we're sitting in a cafe in in, uh, in Belfast. Actually, one of I give them a massive shout out here, but you wouldn't know where they're from. But, yeah, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, we were sitting in a cafe and we used to go there all the time and, and we, would come, we were just coming, you know, let's have a brainstorm idea and let's write some ideas down, some names. We're obviously trying, we're trying to link the head and the mind to sport. Um, and we're just thinking, how can we do that? And we came, some of the, when you look back at now, some of the things you'd, you'd write down the a piece of paper, you're like, what the hell are you thinking? But I think was, we're just shouting ideas at each other. And I, I think I just said to Kieran, I want to do, it's another nickname for the head. And we're like, oh, Noggin. And then it, it was kind of like, when we first started. I personally think it's a really good name. But when you first come up with something, you think you don't really think much of it. It's not like that eureka moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, I, we just kind of went with it, like we we need a name. Let's just go with this. Um, and to be honest, when we first we want to come up with an idea like that, I mean, the queens are really good at like with the entrepreneurship uh, scheme we're going through. They're really good at putting you in touch with people that could help like give you ideas and mentors and things like that. But a lot of the time we'd go to these people and, and they'd say like, that's, that's not really gonna work. That's not really gonna, um, people aren't really to connect with that. Um, and that to be honest for me and Kian, I think that kind of spurred us on a little bit more to make it more of a, um, more successful, I think. And we really pushed, kind of motivated us a, a little bit more to, to push it as much as far as it's, as, as it's gone.
0: I suppose you, you sat down and, and um, did up a big big business plan and went by the business plan and everything.
1: Well, I wish I could say that we did, mate, but we didn't really. We're all in the we, same
0: world, don't worry. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think, as you said there, like, it, you know, in a dream world, it's going to be this perfect thing, and it's going to be you do this, 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 you get to here, and that's how it works. But unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. And as I said before, you've got to adapt really quickly yeah, to things. De- uh, <laughs> you know, and things, look at the world we're living in now how, would you ever plan for that in a business plan
0: you, you know when you start out was your target market always going to be was it just initially rugby you know the rugby community and then work on from there or how did it happen or did you just start connecting to your friends
1: yeah I think obviously we knew a lot we initially started in Belfast and we knew a lot of guys that played in that you know the clubs around Belfast is probably like Five or six uh, that were playing in the All Ireland League, so we initially wanted to just get them out to those um, those clubs, really, because we you know we were both playing at a similar level at that time and knew a lot of people. Um, so I think initially it was just to to promote them through that, really, and it kind of we didn't really realise that you know all these teams play uh, other teams and they're now saying to us, or oh, they've made messages on Instagram and say like, oh, can we get some of these hats? And we're like yeah okay we'll make them up for you and blah blah i look i look now i look back at some of the things we were doing in terms of trying to market our brand and the way we were going about things it's it, uh it's just funny it's just funny like it's just really funny how you adapt and you change you learn, you're always learning and probably in a year's two years time i'll look back at the way we're doing things now and think how why are we doing that why would i spend all my time doing that? i could have done it this way do you know what i mean and that, that's just that's just hindsight i suppose but i'm I'm really big into reading books on how to improve uh the, the business and how to improve trying to understand businesses I, I really enjoy that so i think doing the reading about that and it'll help me improve my own business and take it into my own um scenarios yeah no it's it's gas because i'm
0: actually glad that you said that that you know he you're looking back at things you did a couple of years or a couple of weeks ago, or, you know, about a year ago or whatever. You're like, what the hell was I doing? Cause I'm the exact yeah. same. I'm, I'm looking back at earlier posts. I'm like, oh, geez, I should delete that. No, but, <laughs> but I won't. But uh, no, look, we're all the same. Look, it's, I suppose that's the great thing about business that you're constantly evolving and constantly learning. Um, and the big thing I suppose, would, would you be big into, you know, networking and growing your brand that way as well? You, would, like, Would you agree that networking is very important in, in business
1: oh yeah massively Um, I think it's really important to share ideas with people it may not be a different business but you can learn so many different things off what they're talking about something that applies to your own business Um, and that's why when I I said reading books on and looking at case studies of other businesses and how they do things you can learn a lot from them even though it's not to do with your industry you you know what I mean by that Yeah. so Yeah. um, yeah I think it's important just to like always be open to learning no one's to finish the finished article and it all you've got to always get better and then you can't go wrong you'll always improve and grow
0: and look this i know you touched on this uh in a recent video, video i think you did but uh, you know you're 26 i think until yeah
1: uh 27 it,
0: are you 27 eh? <laughs> yeah I, th- I, I thought you were 26 sorry um no, I, I'm 26, and as best grand, I feel young now here, so it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know, you're, we're more or less the same age, but yeah. it must be extremely difficult for you know, for younger people you now growing up. You know, back in our day, it was Bebo, you know, and, and Messenger, and, and all that, yeah. But yeah. it must be extremely difficult for you know, for younger kids and teenagers growing up because again, it leads on to that that anxiety because you have anxiety because you're looking at other people on social media, you're comparing yourself to them. How do you kind of, number one, how do you, you because naturally in the business, we need to be on our phones, you know, we need to be on social media and been on it too much, it can eat into our life. How do you allow time for yourself?
1: Um, I personally like set restrictions on on certain apps, so if I go if I go over that, then it will like lock, lock me out kind of thing. Um, but I I kind of take be really consciously if what I'm what I'm engaging in the content I'm engaging in. Like if it's stuff for work, then or I'm trying to learn like pick up on ideas or trends and stuff like that, or I'm posting stuff. Um, then I want to consciously know that it's to do with that. But if I'm just engaging content for the sake of engaging content. I want to consciously feel like I'm doing that, so I stop myself from doing that. But as you said, like it's, it's so difficult because these these apps are obviously made for, to make you stay on it for as long as possible. Um, and it, I think you know these you talk, you're talking about the younger generation now; they're growing up with that. And if you're not, it's really really tricky. Like if they're not, if you're not on these TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, are you? you know are you a bit of an outcast that's that's what mm. is, is really I think dam- a damaging question to ask unfortunately because is that the modern world we live in now like is, you just have to have a, you have to be posting stuff all the time whether even if you're like really really not not happy and you're posting stuff that you are happy that's what that's what I think is it could be a real problem people are showing their best life all the time and it, it, is that necessarily true and people are going to think this person's perfect and they're they're great, but inside they're actually really suffering something, um, quite deep and personal.
0: One hundred percent, and I do, you know, I do think that's the way things are going. Um, I'm kind of the same as you, you, you. Try to stay away from your phone, and if you are on, and try to look at stuff that's you know that's going to benefit you in the business, but. It's, it is quite difficult, and um, I, unfortunately, I think there's going to be probably a lot of you know I mean uh, I say there's going to be a lot of anxiety and and stuff like that's probably going to come from you know going in the younger generation because you know they're on Snapchat, Instagram, and they're always comparing each other, especially when they're looking at influencers over in uh, over in Dubai and things like that. It's uh yeah. it's, it can be quite quite challenging. Um, but look yeah. what. No yeah. one. Sorry, what
1: do you want to say? No, no, no one. It's just talk about the influencers. I think it. It's, I think if you if you're an influencer, you have to use your voice for good. Um, because you're an influencer because you influence people. Um, and it's important to, to note that and also to use that to help people as well. I think there's a lot of really there are people give influencers a real hard time, but there are a lot of good influencers who are doing a lot of positive things. Um, and it'd be great to see more of those. Um. And I, I know myself, I try and follow people like that that I actually really like and they're actually make, benefiting me and making, yes, there was an le- element of they're living a great life and stuff, but at least they're promoting a positive message, for example.
0: Yeah, no, it's def- no I definitely agree once they're promoting a positive message, it's, it's it's definitely good. Um, You know, when you, like, do you approach influences and all that or do you just kind of leave a leave your your brand grow organically like are you targeting certain influencers or certain rugby players to promote the brand or is it more organic reach
1: Um, we did it we did initially uh to help us grow a fair bit um i'm honest but um i mean recently for the 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 unity collection we talked about we wanted to um reach out to um more like fashion bloggers, mental health bloggers, basically that are really creative people, um, that were able to create really good um, content on on some of our clothing. we wanted to really um, burst into life with that when we kind of went live. Um, and some really like really talented people out there that are, that um, are really like growing their account, as I said, through positivity uh, and also doing some really creative stuff. So that was something we. Made a conscious effort not just to not just to use sportsmen because we want to use or reach out to people that could really um promote our our brand in a different way
0: this might sound outraged no, but we'll just let, let's go with it <laughs> um do you ever feel at times that imposter syndrome I think it's natural enough do you know the fear that you're gonna get found out Found out about what I suppose. Naturally everyone does like I, I put my hand up I do at times you're wondering am I gonna is this going to end sooner or something like that.
1: Um I know I can't even know exactly what you're know what you're talking about there. it's it's one of those things really because especially because we're talking about mental health and you want to try and promote a positive message all the time. But the reality is you're not always having a great day and you're not always like this um giving these positive messages all the time because sometimes you're not you're not feeling great and that's that's important to note as well. Like it's not always going to be perfect. But um we want to just create a brand basically that can really promote positivity and promote mental health awareness, good or bad. If you're having a bad day, that's okay as well. Um but it's important not to net you know the next day or the next day be even worse just to note it and as I said before at the very start like have these tools at your disposal to be able to, to be able to deal with these these tough times, and to know oh, we wanted to create like a, a community of people together.
0: And it, it, like personally, would you ever feel the imposter syndrome aspect of things? Do you know the people that might be like um, we ever feel like people start giving out to you? Or what do you know about about mental health and things? Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I, I know that. that. I kind of I do feel that, especially we're talking about, um, you know, we're trying to create uh, content around that, and some people look at that and think, oh, what would you know? You're not you're not a doctor or anything like that, and you're not um, you don't have any credentials to say that you can give mental health advice. But my personal opinion would be that we're trying to create uh, a positive message, and I think it's definitely better than doing nothing if you can use as i said before if you're an influencer you can use your influence for good i think it's a lot better than doing nothing because when we first started noggin, um we wanted i myself suffered um a little bit of bullying through school and things like that and if i had two young guys especially young athletes that were promoting this topic and who i thought you know look at that look at the lives they're living um and they're promoting this topic and they've been through some tough times and have got themselves out of that shit and I could be that one person who would have inspired, inspired me to be to get through the next day or the next day after that um, and I think moving forward we're having a podcast here I think me and Kieran definitely want to promote that side of things um, but it's something through positivity I think can make a big big impression on young people especially when we're at home lockdown as a, a young, young guy who was walking down school finished and he's walking by himself and his earphones in and everyone else was in their little groups and this this young guy was by himself and I just said to Kieran I'd I'd love to have a podcast that this guy flicks on me and you talking absolute shit or just talking you know whatever really inspirational stuff and he could listen to that and be like oh, you know I've had a really shit day no one's talked to me but I'm going to go home, I feel really low, but when I put these guys on my ears, it makes me feel really good about myself and it perks me up to, to go the next day. And that's something I... We haven't, we haven't got to that stage yet because we haven't got enough time um, to do that, but I think it's definitely something I, I'm really passionate about and I want to push as much as you possibly can.
0: No, very good. No, definitely. Definitely 100%. I know what you mean, that... Yeah, definitely. It's, and it's, it's especially when you're a teenager when you're a young guy, you're, you know, you're very... Exposed and and you know vulnerable. It's it's difficult because I totally understand where you're coming from. You know you're yeah. put down and bullied and all that. And I suppose you've the it's the it's the lack of identity as well. You know that you don't really know, know what who you
1: are. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely definitely uh, definitely challenging. Um, we're we're getting through. No, sorry, no, but all the questions. But it's, it's nice nice discussion. Yeah. Um, dog and sports, you know, it's it's you know it's to promote mental health. Um is there any other mental health companies really in in, in uh, Ireland, the UK? I know there's loose heads, I came across that, but that's more rugby orientated, I think, is it? Yeah, um they're
1: they're working in the UK. Um similar similar kind of thing to us, I think. Um yeah, but yeah, I, I think there's a few uh, companies in Ireland doing a similar thing, which is it's great to to promote the topic as much as you can. Um, you know, and p- promote awareness of it.
0: Good. And you know, it's, it's since you started the, the platform um and you know that that community, have you had many people reach out and if so, what kind of that de- demographic without obviously going into too much details? Um
1: our demographic kind of range is between 1920 to uh, more majority is up between 1920 to 30, that kind of range. Uh, and it's, it's very, like, pretty much half and half between male and female. Um, I think I just talk about people reaching out. That's, that is a, people reach out all the time, and, and which I think is a really positive thing. Like, they have reaching out to our account and, and messaging us and saying, you know, I've had a really tough day or commenting on a photo or, and it's great to see other people engaging with each other on, on our posts and things like that. And that's something we'd love to see more of is people sort of creating that community where people are respond, responding to each other and getting, you know, perking each other up if they're having a bad day or giving each other advice um, from their own experiences. But definitely it's, it's something that we'd love to see more of, people reaching out and,
0: and getting in touch with their own experiences. And you, you, like you Encourage people into you know to supposed to talk to the Samaritans or talk to you know organizations depending on, on the circumstance,
1: yeah, definitely. Um, as I said before, we're, we're obviously not um trained in, in any kind of mental health, uh, we can only speak from our own experiences. Um, so if, if you're going to, to speak to someone, definitely reach out to those um services, mm-hmm. well,
0: definitely, definitely. And what we- i know it's extremely hard to, to answer this question no, what i'm going to ask you but because we're in the middle of a pandemic and things are changing so quickly but where would you like to bring the business in the future um yeah like you said it's always going to be changing <laughs> this moment in time we'll say <laughs>
1: this moment in time, right, okay um i think moving forward I'd definitely like to do more stuff um as you, as you said there, you mentioned Samaritans and something like that. It's definitely something. If we had enough time um, to work together, it's definitely something we'd like to really, really focus on, and to actually leave a lasting um, something you can really hold on to. As you say, like me and Kieran, we created this to really, really help people. Yes, we've created a brand that could help people, but this, like, as you say, like Samaritans, like a helpline, uh, would be something so powerful that I think if we had, if we had the exposure to it. It'd be something um I think we can really look back on in a few years and oh that was an that was an amazing thing to get that set up. Um, but obviously it's gonna take a bit of work um and, and it could change um with everything that's going on at the moment. Um but yeah.
0: Would something just bouncing our ears off you would it something me may, maybe having like or maybe you have it already, but ambassadors in in different sports, and you know, I know you have um Sean O'Brien is wearing some of your gear and you've, you know, players like that, but even bringing it down to, you know, county by county or region by region, people at grassroots level, you know, to encourage, to promote your product, but that probably takes, I wouldn't say, sorry, it's not to promote your product, but to promote your message. Would that be something yeah. you're looking to do? Yeah.
1: There's another thing probably you mentioned there is is going into schools and clubs um, and with those ambassadors that you talked about there and, and kind of, sharing their own experiences and ideally sharing our experiences. Um, and, uh, you know, you have these young young adults that are looking up to these people. And as I said, they have so much influence on these people. And it'd be great to promote that positive message. But it, it's, our business is so difficult because we're so, we're, we're playing professional rugby, so we're not always doing it. We're not always in the business. Remember? It's a more we get home training and we work on it. And it's, it's never going to be what exactly, and with me, here, and come to terms with that, never going to be what we really, really want it to be because we're not doing it full time, and we've got other things in our life that we're really passionate about. So we have to kind of weigh up those things that what we value is really important.
0: And but do you think when rugby career will come to an end for both of you? Do you think you'll be able to focus on on noggin noggin sport in, or would you yeah, think you'd ever be able to focus on? It for yeah,
1: you? it's definitely something that I'm. We're both really passionate about, obviously. Um, and I think definitely have that time in lockdown. We had a bit of time to work on it full time. Um, I, I really enjoy it and I think Ian really enjoyed it as well. So it's definitely something in the future we, we'd love to work on. Um, and we can maybe these things we talked about previously, like the helpline, like getting ambassadors involved, going into schools and clubs and, and, and almost setting up a mental health programme and that sort of thing. It does take a bit of work, obviously. Um, mm. It'd be amazing to be able to do that in the future, but We'll see, we'll see what the future holds for us.
0: You went to, to Doncaster, you uh, moved to them recently. How you find the settling into the club? Would you have known previous players there? I know, actually, Johnny Sexton's brother plays there. Does he still yeah. play there? I could be wrong, no. But. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's, a, he's a good friend of mine. <laughs> uh, so he's he's moved here. Uh, there's also Mark Best as well, from, he was in Austria with me. Um, so we've got a really good squad, actually. Um, we played Ealing at the weekend. Um, and lost by you know as our first game in a year, so I think the lads are very sore today but uh it was a it was a good game it was close I think we're playing Saracens in um not this week next week, so that'll be really enjoyable playing at some of their stars i think um really interesting game, but looking forward to see hopefully the season goes ahead, we're not too sure what what the season holds yet, but um it should be just loving getting back into it and loving being around like. Almost going to work. Really, it's just good having that structure today.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant! Look, on on that note, I I took up enough of your time, and look, Connor, I really appreciate you coming on and taking time out um, to come on inside your podcast. Look, best luck with, with Noggin Sport going forward, and best luck with uh, your career with in rugby, and hopefully you'll you'll be in Saracens there in a couple of weeks time. Thanks,
1: are most Cheers.
0: I hope you enjoyed the interview with connor uh very interesting don't work guy um was very honest as well and open about um the challenges they've had since they started and how they're adapting to a brexit um and also i think we get a great insight into you know into the story of noggin sport um and you know it, it's clear from from talking to connor that mental health is, is something that extremely close to his heart and i i'd, I'd imagine it, it's extremely close to kieran's heart as well um and it's great to, to see the boys doing extremely well and hopefully this will this will continue as well and we'd like to take this opportunity to uh to thank connor for coming on inside you podcast um for we're extremely grateful and we wish him the very best of luck going forward with with Noggin Sport and uh, the new clothing line they launched there recently. Look, that is all from us on this week's podcast. Please do get in contact with the show if you like to interact in any way possible. Um, you can email the show info at on the ball dot com or you can contact us on social media. You'll find us on Instagram at underscore on the ball team building or from Facebook it's on the ball team building over on LinkedIn it's on the ball team building over on Twitter it's at we are on the, the ball, too. That's the digit, too. And we're also on TikTok. You'll find us on the ball team building. Have a lovely week, and be sure to tune in again next week. We have another exciting guest. Till then, stay safe and remember, Cred Unutfan. Talk to you all soon, and thank you all for listening.